Previously, on Ghost Mouse Gamers, our story began in a bizarre kind of way, with three strangers exploring a bustling market in 1906 Turkey, in a world not too dissimilar from our own. I'm Mark. Uh, my name is Clyde. I'm a rogue and um, kind of like a cowboy-ish looking um, human. I'm Paula. Uh, I'm Carlotta. <laughs> I am the human monk. I'm 50. I have a troubled past and have now turned to more spirituality. <laughs> I'm Andrew. Um, Luth Asterd. I'm a human barbarian. As with any story, we needed an inciting event, a call to action and an old friend of Luth presented just such an opportunity. You are walking and uh, you, you hear a, Luth? Hey, Luth! You turn and you see uh, one of your old friends from uh, the army. It's Gary! Luth! Hey, Gary! Damn it, Gary. All right, what have you been up to? Why are you in Turks? I've been hired by a wealthy party, let's say, that uh, they have me hunt for something. Uh, just then you hear a loud crash through some glass. Bye, and uh, then Gary looks down and he, he has a, he puts his hand over his heart. He has just been shot. And then you see a hooded figure jump out of the glass and go sprinting down the road away from you. And I just start chasing after the guy. Not to be outdone, Clyde had his own encounter, but this one was far less violent. Or at least it started that way. You have found a very distinguished looking older British man. He's walking with his, uh, some sort of significant other. My name is Lord Silver! Uh, so you pull out a silver pocket watch out of his front pocket. Uh, and then you, like, come out of your hiding spot right in front of her. Uh, and now you're staring face to face with her. You see her hold her hand out. She's got it in her hands now. Oh! The pocket watch. Oh, shit. You, are, you turn and you are punched in the face by Lord Silver. But it was not a fruitless encounter for Clyde. Uh, except you do feel something in your uh, front breast pocket. A, uh, a note written to you in lady's handwriting. You're fast, but not fast enough. Find me. Wow. Um, on the back side of it, you do, you do notice strange markings on the top right corner. So you're talking to like an old, old, little Turkish lady. Thank you. Thank you for your help. I'll, uh, here, uh, I'll give you a gold piece for your trouble. She, uh, she gets overjoyed and she, she says, hold on one second, one second, one second. And, uh, she goes into the back and grabs a good looking evil eye and says, uh, maybe turkey. Thank you very much uh, for, for luck. And she hands that to you. It was not long before the three were introduced and united in their quest to quell their curiosity. Together, they combed the bazaar for clues. You guys see a large pool of, of blood that's absorbed into the sand uh, where Gary was shot. There's no body. There's a body here. My great friend and pupil Gary got shot here maybe half an hour ago. Sounds like you've got a lot of uh, history with this Gary fellow. We were, we were best friends. Great friends. Only friends. As opposed to something else. <laughs> not others. <laughs> <lovers, sorry. laughs> college. You can't be asking questions like that out in the open. It's not safe. Who took him? I'm not allowed to say that. But was he? Was he alive? He didn't appear to be alive. Ah oh, shit. Uh, they there are three gangs that operate in Turkey or in this area of Turkey. So the double triangles are the chicks. Yes. The Slash flames are royal is family. the royal family. But who's the third? Following up on their first clue, the trio of strangers headed to the hangout of the chicks a seedy casino and gambling hall where their inability to remain inconspicuous got them thrown out of the casino. Hey, hey uh, are you going to be a problem here, buddy? No, I ain't going to be a problem. I'm looking to solve problems. If you know what I mean. I don't, I don't, we don't know what you mean, man. What are you talking about? It's all right. Uh, you just, you just Pretty not, much don't, I'm itching to kill. Don't, I'm itching to kill, chief. Not kill the chief. Itching what? to kill. Come chief. Why are you telling me this, man? <laughs> What are you? Know. What are you he's, trying to? He's had one too many things to drink tonight. Like, 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 like kill. Oh, what? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> All right, never mind. Abort. Abort. <laughs> Charlie, I owe you one. And then 
I also reach in his pocket and steal some gold out of his pocket. <laughs> okay, roll it, roll it. <laughs> he slaps your hand away. I says, you still got a lot to learn, little boy. Next, they turned their attention to the second clue, the wealthy family known to have a shady history of their own. Somehow, the venture to the Flame Manor was even less successful than the casino. Yeah, you know what? Uh, just stay back and I'll uh, work my magic. It's going to involve smoke and mirrors. Or, okay, just thinking this out on the cuff, off the cuff right now. All right, you guys do the magic trick, and then I sneak by since I'm a little bit sneakier than you guys. Carlotta, yeah, we're going to get you on a wheel, all right? So think about this. Like, you're going to be on a wheel, and you're going to be spinning, all right? Spinning. Walking? No, like, you're going to tie you to the wheel with some straps. Very um, bondage-y. Okay. And Luth. Yeah, Luth. So you're going to pretend to throw a knife, but at the last minute, the knife's going to pop out from the other side of the spinning wheel. And while you're doing this, and they're like, how did you do that? How is he so good at throwing knives? Because you're not that good at throwing knives. Pretty good. All right, but you're not that good. Dumb, Louise. Cool. I'm going to take this opportunity to sneak past the guards. Roll so therefore, I got a nine. <laughs> they spotted you. Oh, God. He's like, hey, man, I, I can see you. Can't just walk through the bush. Feeling rejected and lost, they went shopping to drown their sorrows in material goods. Back in the bazaar, a convenient, familiar face appeared in the crowd and gave some much-needed direction. Yeah, you, get you, hear this, you, you hear this, um... <laughs> I'm not paying that kind of prices. And uh, Carlotta, I think you've been kind of distracted by a, a female that's down there wearing a very pretty dress for a bazaar. I'm whispering deeply to you right now, Lottie. Lottie. What? Lenora. <laughs> Dude, that's the way to the girl's heart is just like... Not even know. getting her yeah. name right. Listen, I need someone of a particular set of skills to help me with something. Well, I happen to have a very particular set of skills, Lonnie. Lonnie. Oh my God. Her name is now Lonnie. Really quickly, uh, she she explains to you that she needs you to steal... A necklace from one of the vendors there and uh, so she, t- she tells you all about it where in the bazaar to find it what it looks like and says that she needs it because it's of sentimental value to her with nothing better to do and no new leads in hand luth carlotta and clyde headed to the most confusingly named jewelry store where we learned all about clyde's ability to deceive and the group's inability to remain stealthy uh, you guys are now uh kind of in the same vicinity of the the jewelry store <laughs> side quest <laughs> oh, Zales! Ugh. I already had a name picked out. It's actually, what was it? It's actually Tiffany. That's what it was. <laughs> well, there's like three I jewelry had a brand stores. Name picked out. Uh, Jared's already been said. Okay. No, okay, it's a. Uh, okay. Every kiss begins with. Okay. I was gonna do every H begins with hugs, but uh, that doesn't make any. Every H begins with hugs. Bonjour. How can I help you? Ah, uh, we. Oui. Ah, oh, we. Oui. I am looking for. Uh, I'm wondering how much this necklace costs. This necklace here. Yes, this one. That it costs one that I'm two thousand gold. Arrange. What? Who are you buying for? My, Is this for yourself? For your mother? It's for, for my a particular uh, mistress. For my wife. For your wife? Uh, I think she's looking for um something to wear. In her hair. In her uh. Like in her navel. Barrette? In her navel. <laughs> Yeah. Just like a large ruby to stick in her belly button <laughs> and hold it there. <laughs> is she a larger woman? She can put a much larger She, she has wild ruby hair. There. Mark's married to a troll doll. <laughs> it's true. I need a red jewel to match your hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I have seen belly dance also. Yeah. And So that's what I'm looking for. You got something in the 5000 price range? No, because no one would ever buy a $5,000 belly dance outfit. This is not a thing. You <clears throat> pick the lock as you do so you feel a sharp 
pain in your hand Brutal. and you are paralyzed on the ground. Yeah. So what happens, you guys open up the, the lock and you pull it off of the thing. You open the hinge up. It's a, very, it's a very, very heavy door. So 14, you open it up. 19. It makes like a noise. And then Carlotta, you go down. Can you just leave me on the floor? Like <laughs> we put I, left, I left a biscuit. Yeah. Right after you yell out, yeah, we found it. Two police officers come in through the back door and see uh Clyde What, they have the a key? See Clyde, you guys left it open. Standard, see Clyde on the ground. Didn't think that one through. <laughs> and uh, you hear like a and then like six people just run through the doorway six more guards oh shit freeze don't move i think we might have a problem here folks <laughs> you guys all drop your weapons they come over and they uh they kind of like shackle you behind your backs and they march you uh, out through the alleyway uh, up the alleyway back into the square and across the square to the police station locked up and beginning to miss the sweet taste of freedom the burglars lucked out and got some much needed help from a friend he can't quite get through. Then he sticks his face through, and then you hear a, hey, there's somebody in a chunk, and he doesn't talk anymore. So we pull him back out of the window. He's got a dagger through his forehead. Hey, Bonnie, Bonnie, did you get it? Hey, we need some medical attention. I rush him and stab him in the back. We keep riding down the hall. They go, we got to think about our gear, but we can't grab it all. We just got to grab, you know, the easy, the easy things. There are probably three or four people running behind you now. Yeah. So that's that awesome. I'm hanging upside down and I got my gun pointed at people, but I'm upside down. Right? Okay, you that's literally badass. don't need to do that much of an intense thing. No, that's sure. sweet. Yeah, and, he does. And uh, I'm going to shoot three dudes in the head. Pop, pop, pop. Boom. And then they like reel around and start shooting at him because he's in this weird, stupid position because he's an idiot. Got it. And it's like the most intense crunch of his life when we get up there. <laughs> that's pretty. I mean, he's okay. you get hit for nine points of damage. Oh, shit. All right. Well, does he fall out I of the hole? Fall out. Are you, are you dead? <laughs> yeah. Are you unconscious? All right, yeah. Unconscious. So you, you, you fall out. Uh, so you guys, you guys run out. Luth grabs Clyde and uh, gives him like a big heave and puts him over his shoulder. Mm. You guys run out into the square where there is a carriage with uh, a horse awaiting you. And um, Lenora is standing there. What took you so long? Come on. Come on. On the run from the authorities, the trio decided to hide out with Lord Silver and Lenora in the beautifully historic hotel called the Azamon. While conversing, the hosts presented another opportunity for the trio to potentially pass the time in Turkey. Please, why don't you take a seat? I have a job offer for the three of you. We need some assistance because we're trying to gain access to two different objects to gain towards a greater treasure. Treasure? What kind of treasure? Oh, don't, don't worry about that too much right now. We need the pieces to get to the treasure. <gasps> Each one of the pieces is hidden among the headquarters of the two gangs in town, the Chicks and the Flames. We need, we need you guys to break into the, the, to the two gang headquarters and, and steal the two objects so that we can get the treasure. Of course, you'll be paid handsomely for your efforts. One of them I know is a book. The other one is some sort of a key. I assume it probably is pretty obvious which one it is because Gary said that he saw it when he was in there. And if you could find Gary, that'd be great. Are you concerned at all about Gary? Of course I am. He's my friend. Have He's, you done anything to look for him? Or I don't have any connections in the gang world. I assume that one of them has him. Why and you just said that the flames have him, so I assume that he's somewhere in their castle or mansion. The map is in a bookcase in the flame house. The key is in the chick's house, okay, which is where we don't know. So start we need over. to find the map, over. which is in a bookcase. So we started yeah. in a bazaar, right? Shut and, up. Yeah. <laughs> With a goal in mind, Luth, Carlotta, and Clyde decided to go after the key located at the chick's casino first. But because of their recent history with them, they chose to make a quick stop for some shopping and outfit montages. Carlotta starts coming out. She comes out in like these really like Let like up. silky um, red robes that are like pretty low cut. And she's got like a push up corset on and this huge blonde wig. And he goes like, yeah. Then Luth goes into the, the 
the changing room and he comes out in like this really elegant like like a uh, gentleman's suit and you guys are like yeah Very tight yeah like he's got like yeah. he's got like a man bun going and everything he somehow cleaned his face and yeah and he like he shaved his face and stuff and he is all like yeah yeah and he's like no and then he he rips off his sleeves much better and then his beard like beard immediately turns into a five o'clock shadow and he's clyde comes in and uh he 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 goes back in and he puts on a a denim a denim dress and Carlotta goes in there with him and starts putting on like makeup for him and stuff. He comes out and he looks like a very ugly woman. Hey, who, who are you again? I'm Sir Arthur Wellington, <coughs> Wellington the Third. I'm Talia. Nice to meet you. My name is Britta. <laughs> <laughs> Incognito and with a clear objective in mind, the trio returned to the Chick Casino. After a bit of dilly dallying, all three were successful in reaching the back rooms of the casino, where they had been told the key was stored but obtaining the key turned out to be a little bit more complicated than they had thought. Do yo want to go upstairs? I hate to break it to you, but we ain't got no upstairs. We got a back, we got a backstage. You want to go into the back room and screw? Well, you want to go back there or what? Yeah, let's go back there. Who else has access back here? Who's, who's the boss? Charles is in charge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys walk down the, into the Turkish bath. Um, Carlotta, you swing open this door, um, and there's a large mahogany desk um, sitting in front of the t- in front of the mahogany desk is a very large man with black slicked hair. Um, the two, the, the two guards grab a hold of each one of you. The boss man, now that you are putting up the a fight, do his work. Now that you are putting up a fight, he he has grabbed a like leather club mm-hmm. off of the off of his desk, and is now walking over to you. Okay, um, I have now killed two, including the boss man, Luth. and you're still working on this. Is it my turn? Can yeah. you please? God damn. Who? So you're, you're just kind of writhing around, splashing around, and imagining that you're doing all this cool stuff. <laughs> all right, so I Van Damme this guy, and I punch him in the nuts. You cannot punch or kick in the water. You know this, right? Dude, how deep is oh, the water? Man. It's like, like your nips. During the battle with the chicks, Clyde succumbed to his wounds and died on the wet tile floor of the spa. But it appeared someone from earlier in the story may have seen this coming. Roll the three, so my turn's over. All right. <laughs> Come on, you guys. Help me out. Three, three damage. Uh, then the other thug's going to go after Clyde and hits you for two damage. Well, you got your limp noodle. <laughs> she says, hold on one second, one second, one second. And uh, she goes into the back and grabs a uh, good-looking evil eye and says, uh, Maybe turkey. Thank you very much uh, for, for luck. And she hands that to you. You guys hear a whistling sound coming from Clyde's body. Uh, it's coming from uh, his, his like breast pocket above his fake boot that he's got in. Um, inside you see that evil eye and it is, is like it's glowing bright blue on the back you see a symbol but the symbol is now lit up in yellow but it whistles uh dimmer as you move it away from clyde you cut it open and put it inside <laughs> shove it in his mouth the quickest way inside oh his my butt. god i'm not going that you push it into his butt and the whistling suddenly stops clyde's eyes open and blue light starts beaming out of his eyes oh god. with a revitalized clyde they combed the rest of the back room before finding a peculiar object. Although there is one particular piece of artifact that is strange because it's glowing. Um, it is a small triangular prism, like like a column. Perfect for Mark's butt. Like a tesseract? About the size of a Coke can um, in length, but it's, uh, like a mini Coke can but it's or an like equilateral the... triangle. And right on the very top of it has another one of those weird symbols. Guys, I think I understand what's going on here. It's, it's the key. Like, that's obviously the key. After a lengthy escape through the smuggling tunnels under the city, Luth, Carlotta, and Clyde reconvened for a rest at the Osmond Hotel. After a quick bath and a nap, they decided to make another pass at the Flame House. As luck would have it, the Flames were having a masquerade ball, so they headed out for another disguise. Anywho, we need to infiltrate the, uh, the Flames House. There is a masquerade ball tonight at the Flames House, and we were invited. So two of you could pose as Lord Silver and myself, but I don't know what the third one would do. 
Costume montage. Are we having another one at the Bloomingdale's? Uh, this time you guys don't go to Bloomingdale's. You guys go to Saks Sixth Avenue. Okay. We're going to a ball and we need some outfits. Oh, you're going to a ball. Yeah, probably the only one in town that you know of. So Carlotta steps out first. So I have these really fancy white shoes on with my crushed velvet blue dress, that gown that goes all the way down to my feet. And then I have this really cool peacock looking mask that has all these little feather things that kind of have the blue and greens that match my dress. So I'm wearing my like super fitted kick-ass looking suit, black suit. Instead of a vest, it's a uh, whatever cover bun that's red, not overly red or tacky or anything like that. But you know, like a brick cl- red, classy. Yeah, like a brick red. That's good. And then my mask. Um, it's similar to the Paula's where it's kind of it's not like just like the standard Lone Ranger mask. Dream on. But it's kind of like it's not too obnoxious where it goes up, but it kind of does like it's red and orange and yellow and kind of flamey. Oz goes myself. Okay. When they arrived at the Flames Masquerade Ball, Clyde was reunited with an old flame, Julie, who agreed to help him gain entry to the ball. Clyde is waiting in the in the wings. He's waiting to see his contact, Jules. Julie. Yeah. You see her walking up. She's got a fairly modest dress on. It's like an ivory color. No, I, I walk up to her. What's your, what's your relationship with Julia? Um, we're lovers, past lovers. Clyde, what are you doing here? Jules, I was wondering if you might be able to get me in as your plus one. Do you have an angle that you're trying to play or what? Just uh, just the angle that I want to spend this night with you, Jules. You, let's get this let's get this clear, Jules. You broke my heart, all right? I had to leave because of you. I had to Meet leave you because this. you were you also had a contact with the chicks, and that's not allowed. Are you trying to pull a job? There's a job, but do me this one favor for just for old time's sake. Just wait here. I'll be back in a few minutes. And then she uh, she disappears inside. Um, a couple minutes later, she comes back and she's holding a red like servant's outfit while clyde flirted with his old lover luth and carlotta took the front entrance where they were immediately introduced to the heads of the flame household lord Aubrey and lady vera lord silver and miss lenora he is introducing you guys to people that you're, you take to be the, the head of the household here um they're both wearing white he's wearing like an all-white suit and she's wearing like a pretty pretty freaking nice white dress trimmed with like gold like gold threading through it you don't need to do that. You can tell that he's not from here. He's He's got like porcelain white skin. She's like super bizarre yeah. talking to you. As Clyde circled the ball looking for the book, he grew impatient with the demands of the elite and caused a scene, which resulted in him getting thrown into the dungeon. But he wasn't alone in the dungeon. The wife this time cuts you off before you can get to him. And she says, do not bring him any more sausage links. But ma'am, I, I don't care. Do not bring him. Any more sausage links. I'm graded on how many sausage links I give out. Do not give him sausages. I throw my sausage platter on the ground. Ma'am, if I cannot sell my sausage to this man, or give my sausage to this man, I don't think I deserve to be here anymore. What is wrong with you, boy? He grabs you by the arms and, like, picks you up off the ground um, and put a sack over your head, and it's completely black for you. And then uh, you feel yourself getting thrown onto the floor of a stone floor, um, and then they tug the hood off of your head. Um, and the, the big guy that you've been feeding the sausages to says, I'll deal with you when I come back for him. And then he gestures to a guy in the corner and, uh, you look over in the side and there's a, there's a guy that's, there's a guy that's, uh, got his arms above his head that's chained to the ceiling. Um, and he like is bleeding profusely from the black, from the back, um, clearly been whipped and beaten pretty severely. And he turns and looks at you and says, are you with Lord Silver? So, oh, I'm Gary. It wasn't long before Luth had his own mix up and got himself thrown into the dungeon where he was reunited with his old friend, Gary. 
you got company. We're coming back for you guys in a minute. Uh, <laughs> throws, this, throws this body onto you. Luth, uh, you wake up as wake Clyde up. as Clyde is standing over the top of you, like slapping your face while you're on the ground on a it's stone what? ground. Uh, who's this? Luth? Who's this? Luth? It's Gary. G- you can see him clearly. I have to like, I have to like, you're probably a little groggy. I have to like kind of come to it. No, it can't be. It can't be. Gary, is that you? And then I, is he near me? And I do that like, Gary, it can't be. And I like, you know, when people like touch other people's faces to make sure they're real. What's wrong with you, man? Oh my God. You're alive. Quit quit touching me. That really hurts. All by herself upstairs, Carlotta began searching for her companions, but was soon interrupted when the chicks crashed the party. Okay. So you hear in the distance, um, a lot of shouting and then a large, loud bang noise. Uh, no, it sounds like a, it sounded like an explosion to oh. you. A stream of men come charging into this um, outside area with guns drawn and weapons up. One guy just yells, uh, "It's an ambush!" You see the uh, the necks of all these people, and yes, they are chicks. The gang war has started. Carlotta followed Julie to the dungeons, where everyone was reunited. Through Julie's quick thinking, the group broke through the dungeon wall and into the gardens. And she says, "Come on, they're down here." Luth, you idiot! What are you doing down here? The voice sounds familiar. Who is that? I can't tell. It's so dark. Oh my god, are you an idiot? You're such uh, an idiot. It's Carlotta. Let's get out of here. There's uh, mayhem up here. Clyde, Jules. I told you to tell me if you were pulling a goddamn job. You gotta get out of here. You guys start pulling apart this wall, basically, little bits at a time. Uh, or you guys open up a wide enough hole and you all start crawling in one at a time in uh, through this hole. You guys find yourself in a square courtyard surrounded on all sides by eight to nine foot high hedges uh, that are tightly woven together. Uh, in the very center of this courtyard is a birdbath-like fountain that has a statue of a sheep standing on some rocks. Uh, as you're walking over towards this uh, fountain, in steps Vera and Abre. They come. They don't come stepping in. Sorry, they come running in, like in a panic. A battle ensued. Lady Vera was killed. The fountain base was spilled across the ground, and Lord Abre revealed an interesting tidbit about his own background. He kicks Abre. Abre falls into that, uh, or stumbles into that birdbath again, and it uh, wobbles and then uh, falls, and the sheep figurine breaks off of it, and all the liquid spills out onto the <gasps> ground around Vera. He's pinned down. I have the um, the chicken bone to his neck, like, this battle's done. You've lost. You know, surrender type thing to him, and I rolled an 18. Um, okay, he's, uh, he says, you, uh, you don't understand. I'll, I'll die. It's keeping me alive. It's keeping me and my wife alive. What do you mean it's keeping you guys alive? We're over 340 years old. What? Tell us how we'll let you live. It's, it's the, it's, it's that figurine. The, the figurine, the, the liquid has to pass through it. Vera wasn't the only one to lose her life in battle. Clyde again ended up on the field of battle. With no anal stone to revive him, something far stranger happened. And uh, you, you look behind you, Carlotta, and uh, Clyde has ceased breathing. Clyde, you wake up. Everything around you is pure white, and standing across from you, house. and standing across from you is a—it's uh, an older woman in her sixties uh, with long yellow hair, wearing a yellow sundress. And as you appear, she says, "Oh, it's been a while since I've seen someone here. How did you get here? Where is here? I am here. I am in front of you. What do you? How did you get here? Um, I, ha- I haven't seen anyone, and I don't. It's been a very, very long time. Uh, what? What's your name? Me? Yeah, I'm Diana." Uh, and you turn to your right, and you see a guy that's wearing a uh, a green blazer with like a yellow uh, undershirt and brown pants, and he's got a, a big red beard. You see a riblet of uh, of light 
under your feet um, starting to form that is connecting you and Diana and the red bearded man. You turn, there's a, there's a little girl in all black uh, staring and looking at you and she is, she's holding a, a long white staff with a red ruby on top. Then to your left, you hear another new voice. Whatever you are, this cannot be good for any of us. And you turn to your left and you see a large orange ball. And every time it makes a noise, it lights up. I have a feeling we might meet again someday. Perhaps you may connect the bombs that was once prevalent in our world, but I think it's a little too early for that. And uh, you wake up on the ground with your hands still over your eyes. With Clyde returned from the dead once again, the team returned to the task at hand, finding the book that could lead them to the great treasure. Behind them is a small bookshelf um, with six books on it. But you look at the different titles on them. Uh, there are six books in total. Four of them are in Latin. One of them is in a language that you do not understand. The last one uh, appears right. to be uh, w- the newest of them, but you 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 expect it's probably two to three hundred years old, um, and it is written in English. She says, "Did you find it?" Yes, let's get out of here. Shut up, Jules. We're trying to figure out how to wrap it up. All right, let's fucking go. All right, let's okay, go. Let's roll. With the book in hand, the group made a hasty escape from the flame headquarters and returned to their home base at the Azamon Hotel. Unfortunately. They weren't the first ones to be there that night. You guys get in your carriage and you head back to the Azaman Hotel. Wait. He points to the, the door frame and uh-huh. uh, there's a visible crack in the door frame uh, where someone had clearly kicked in the door. Uh, you guys see that the hotel room is in complete disarray. You guys swing open those two double doors and uh, there is blood on the mattress. As you guys walk around the bed, lying on the ground in a pool of blood is Lord Silver. What? After securing the room... The group got some much-needed context and exposition from Gary. The Osmonds were an ancient civilization that is uh, somewhat of a mystery. They amassed a great wealth without ever leaving their homeland. They used to find all these temples. When they did, they, they opened them up and they found all this. It's, it's unexplainable. It was all kinds of artifacts from all over the world. Silk from China. We found spices from India. There's no Chinese texts that ever talk about the Osmonds. It's just that the Osmonds just kind of were and then they weren't. I think there's another temple out there somewhere. That's why when I saw that the uh, the chicks and the flames both had artifacts, well, maybe that maybe it leads to the lost temple, the lost temple of the Azamans. But their peaceful talk soon turned more exciting as the hotel's staff, the descendants of the Azamans, attacked the group in their hotel room. We'll call me crazy, but and you are hit with a dart in the neck. All the electrical lights in the room that you guys are in goes out, and it's very late at night, so it becomes uh, pretty much pitch black in here. You hear um, a lot of scuffling and 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 stuff, and you guys are surrounded by um, five linen-covered figures. They're already in the room? That are in the room with you guys, and you recognize <gasps> all their faces as the various hotel room employees, and one of, and as well as the bald man from the from the bazaar. That's the guy! It's time for you to be leaving our lands. Please hand over the book. And you may go in peace. Fearing another surprise attack from the Azamans, the six decided a change of venue was needed. It was here that they discovered the map and deciphered the location of the lost vault of the Azamans. Gary, do you, do you know what you're doing right now? Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I thought it would be obvious. I, I, I know there's a map in here somewhere. I know it. He stands up, he stands up and closes it real, um, real abruptly and kicks it across the room. And then um, he says, God damn it. I thought I found it. And when he kicks it, uh, you guys see a, a small flap get torn on the on the top cover i've, I've searched forever for this I'm, let me find it come well, on let me find if it you didn't have a temper tantrum there just a second ago i would have trusted you with this book but i don't know you might accidentally rip it just, just give me just, a second to get it out she gets her her dart out and starts uh, running it down the seam of this to cut to cut a nice fine line down the side of it um and uh you guys she pulls out a uh old map on a piece of parchment um on this it has 
a clearly dictated path to get to this um, lost temple of the Azamans. Following a short journey through the desert, the trio used the key to open the door to the vault. And uh, travel into this canyon, and you start making your way through the canyon where you get to the end of it. Uh, you come to a dead end with a large uh, white rock face in front of you. It's made of this like crumbly white um, sandstone-type rock. Yeah, I, I, t- I, t- I toss the water. I'm like, oh, I think you're onto something here, Clyde. Here, take my skin of water. And uh, he walks over and um, and throws it on the, the wall. And um, that kind of sandy stone material starts uh, melting. All that stuff is deteriorated. Now you see a large golden door. You guys also see underneath, in the very center of the door, there's a small triangular hole uh, that is in the middle of the door and surrounded by it. It's like, um, yeah, so it's like a Mercedes symbol that's uh, engraved into the gold. Luth, Carlotta, and Clyde, along with their new adventuring companions, Lenora, Gary, and Julie, entered the lost vault of the Azamans. Um, Carlotta walks up to this giant gold door and sticks the key in. Um, the key actually gets kind of sucked into the door slowly um, as it uh, fuses together with this giant gold door. The gold door then starts to, to um, light up, for lack of a better word. It starts to glow. Um, and then the, uh, the door itself starts to swing inward uh, and you feel a large rush of rotting smelling air. And the, the camera pans out as you guys start walking into this temple. Once inside, the group was faced with a long hallway featuring massive, beautiful murals. The hallway turned out to be more than just a decorative entrance, as they were forced to solve a puzzle to gain access further into the vault. You are in a hallway of some sort, and you see what looks like uh, like colorful walls on either side of you, flanking either side of you. Oh no, um, looks like the only way out is straight ahead. Whoa, look at these walls, they're colorful. Oh my god. Now you guys can see... Uh, the full width of this of this room that you guys are in. Like I said, it's a 30 foot high, 30 foot wide. And on each side of the room, you could see huge murals from kind of floor to ceiling, about 30 foot wide each. Then uh, in between these two last murals, there's another very large door. And in right in the center, right at about eye level of all you guys, there are 10 equally sized three by three slots in the door. Luth goes up there and he puts the last horse, he puts the horse head into the, into the <laughs> slot. And, um, the like the front of this thing just like closes or like not closes but it like melts over the top of those those things that you just put in there and you hear like that that typical like airlock noise like that Ooh, nice. as the uh as the door opens inward um into a pitch black room beyond the mural hall lie a massive room filled from floor to ceiling with treasures treasures that stretched through the centuries avoiding temptation the trio pressed forward to another doorway which led to a similar mural hall but this one had a twist. This one was filled with death. Um, and you're in another large 30 by 30 room or hallway um, flanked on either side by murals. God damn it. <laughs> no, dude. Mural reprisal. Uh, I know that in the death halls like this, there's usually some sort of a, a sacrifice or something you have to make. That's all I really know. There's, sometimes what is you just this have place? To... You never said this before. You knew what this was the whole time? Well, you hold on. This is a, yeah, this is a death hall. They have them in all the vaults it's to discourage people from getting to the inside to the treasures. In the left one, you see uh, the depiction of like a battlefield camp. That's uh, There's like tents as well as a small fort. Um, and then under the, the fort, you see a man that's like hiding out. He's obviously terrified and sitting in the corner and he's like chewing on rats and bugs. And what on do we see? That one. That one, that's the one with the large uh, pyramid structure. So uh, there's the, the huge structure that's being built. Is looks like it's a pyramid. And a large chunk of stone has fallen from one of the main blocks, and it's crushed uh, several of the stone worker slaves. And no one seems to be uh, paying any mind to them as the other workers are like covered in filth and 
And um, they're like slave pushers are forcing them to go further forward with like whipping them with chains and stuff like that. And this one is depicting like this huge feast. So it's like kind of looks like the Last Supper. Uh, but in the very center of the table, you see the torso of a man. Uh, and its arms and legs are bound up and it's clearly been roasted. Okay. Well, these, uh, these murals are depressing. Let's move on. To the, Why uh, would anybody want to paint the scene? Like what, what is so important about it? I don't know, but I bet this room will tell us more. Luth walks up and lights this torch on the left side, on the left wall. Did yell. <laughs> and uh, the entire ground in front of the first two murals lights up in flame. You uh, you take a step forward and uh, you you hear a and oh, you no. roll a deck saving throw. Uh, you you like dive roll forward <laughs> and uh, you got you see two darts hit the wall. Um, what you can see right now is uh, it's just a plain black door. Seven. Uh, and there is a handle. Um, on the like, kind of like the right side, like a big, huge handle. You like jerk on it and twist it and pull on it and everything and push it and stuff. It doesn't want to move. Uh, and when you move your hand away, you look on the the handle and it has um, an image of a bug drawn on it. And you're just gonna like try to like grab the bug off of it, or what are you trying to do? Yeah, I'm just gonna touch the bugs and see okay. what happens. Uh, the second you touch the wall, like you put your handprint on the wall, a like the whole wall starts to dissolve around your yeah. hand, and you pull your hand away, and it, it just starts like kind of sucking into the wall, and uh. And then you hear like a, and then like just hundreds of bugs start flying out of this thing and pouring down the wall um, in front of you. Like the previous hall of murals, this hallway also required the group to solve a puzzle. Rapidly losing health and with limited options, the trio finally solved the puzzle and opened the doorway. Now it's back to Luth. I ain't a live one. Clyde, you take four damage. And uh, Luth, you take four damage. What, with an 18? Yeah, you got half damage. Um, and Claudia, you're able to save as these bugs ignite in a huge wave of fire and the door that's standing in front of Clyde swings open. Beyond the death hall lie another massive room of treasures, but this time the heroes decided to indulge in a trio of treasure chests that appeared to have been created specifically for them. Hey guys. Down light it. Yeah, this is like the son of a bitch. Yeah, so a big big column of fire shoots out from the top of this thing and hits the ceiling. Um, And again, it's Pretty much identical to the last puzzle, or not puzzle, the last treasure room you guys were in. Uh, there's the big piles of gems and gold coins and stuff. And then in the very center of the room on a pedestal is a gigantic uh, red ruby. Except this time, um, surrounding the red ruby are three smaller pedestals with treasure chests on top of them. <laughs> okay, so Carlotta, you walk up to this, uh, the very first not the, the chest that's facing you guys. And then there's it's kind of like shaped in a triangle around this thing. So the chest that's facing you, and um, on that chest uh, is a quarterstaff like emblem, like an emblem of a quarterstaff on it. The next one, you can't tell if there's traps on it, but you can yeah, see no shit. there's an emblem on that one of turkey well, le- of a turkey leg. And then on the next one, a t- with a 12, you can tell that one is not trapped. And on it is an anal stone. No. <laughs> I saved uh, So on it, you see a ace, like a card uh, ace. ace card. Not even close. Oh, say so Clyde, you open up the first one. Um, uh, you are from this region, so you see inside it is a pair of Jordans. Uh, this will provide you a plus one on initi- or a plus plus two to any initiative roll. Plus two. A plus two. Luth, yeah. You open your chest inside. I was excited. Turkey leg. <laughs> you open this up. Inside is a small water skin uh, that looks like it's made out of uh, alligator skin. Okay. Uh, pressed onto both sides of the skin is a lightning bolt. Okay. Um, and. Uh, not a triton. You smell the inside. You like uncork it and you smell the inside and it smells like. Yeah. Anyway, you smell the inside of this thing and you, this, the odor is, can only be described as cool blue. 
Uh, and you open this up. The, it, drinking the contents of this thing will grant you 15 temporary hit points. Yeah. Um, above your maximum. So, and Carlotta, you're last. You open it up. Uh, you, you see inside a simple uh, pair of leather uh, fingerless gloves um, that uh, can help you isolate your unarmed attacks. Uh, it's true. You gain a plus one to all damages from unarmed attacks. Seeing nowhere else to go, they moved deeper into the vault, finding another mural hall. This one had no treasures, no death, just murals. Through the door at the end of this hallway was another type of room. This room held something far more sinister. Okay, you guys walk into this room. Uh, the door doesn't close behind you because there's a chest there. You're welcome, guys. Uh, Lose. Again, you're between two murals. Safe. Just past it are the two torches. It's identical rooms to the other two rooms. Fuck, let me draw this out. <sighs> In the center of these two murals is a simple stone door, about seven feet tall, three feet wide, with a handle on it. It opens. Sounds like you need some WD-40. The room in here is 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 lit up. As soon as you open the door, you see uh, a circle of flame rise from the bottom of the room to the top slowly. Um, as it does, you see all you guys are looking in in this room. You see it pass like around a gigantic, uh, tall black rock, rectangular rock, in the center of that room. Um, and, uh, then the rock in the center starts to erode and melt. Oh no, like the guy's um, heart. Here he comes. As it gets thinner and thinner and thinner, you guys can see inside. Within it is a gigantic six-legged bug. Once it, the, once most of the rock has deteriorated out, it bursts out of it and sends this rock all over the place. Um, and it screams at you guys as you walk into this room. A battle ensued. Health was lost and many bugs were destroyed. But a new doorway was revealed, and the group pressed forward. So I'm aiming for its mouth, so probably really high. And I huck my javelin. Oh my God, you're gonna hit one of us. Nineteen. Uh, oh yeah, so you hit it. So you throw you throw your javelin. You don't have to roll it. Oh. So you throw your javelin. I got a six though. That's the max. Uh, so you you throw this javelin, and you just happen to hit it right in the back of the neck. As that thing sticks into the neck, and it falls over, it lets out one last. So uh, here's what happens now. So that door opens up and these bugs are now really swarming around you guys. Um, So Gary immediately is like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And uh, him and Lenora and uh, I think Jules as well are going to start running towards that doorway. You walk into this other room. It's pretty much identical to the room that you guys were just in. And it's like about a a 50 foot diameter uh, circular room. In the very center is a small pedestal that's made out of that same black obsidian uh, rock. And floating above it is some sort of triangular figure, some sort of triangular figurine. And then around it is circled in a ring of fire. And again, right as you guys are starting to walk into this room, this ring of fire starts raising to the roof. Upon the sight of the object above the platform, Gary and Lenora immediately moved toward the object. And Gary revealed that perhaps he hadn't been totally forthright from the beginning. Um, and that's what you guys see. And uh, as soon as this ring of fire uh, starts raising to the, to the roof, um, Gary and Lenora start running for it. And then Gary Sorry. says, <clears throat> no, don't touch it. We don't know what it does. I want to. I want to. <laughs> I want to take my pistol out and shoot it like in front of uh, Gary and Lenora. Don't you touch don't know. it. Yeah, but this is the treasure. No, I don't care if it's the treasure. We don't know what it's going to do. Just like those rubies in the middle of the the treasure rooms. Says, I thought you were here for the treasure. Yeah, this is the treasure. We got some gold, and now this is the treasure. Don't you understand? This is what they're protecting. That's why we had to fight our way through here. We had to get in here to get to this thing. Gary, how do you know this is the treasure? If you didn't know it was the treasure. Well, there's here's the thing about ago. here's the thing about that there, Luth, is that I wasn't quite uh, honest with all of you. Is what? that uh, you know how you know how there's been all these other vaults that everyone's found. Well, this is the vault. That's why it's been hidden for so long. This is clearly they're protecting something here that's some sort of forgotten 
treasure that this untold wealth could be had with this object. I don't know what it does, but I just know that I need it. And he, he uh, pulls his guns, as so, so does Lenora. And, um, and he says, so sorry about this. And then he, he's going to reach over and grab the, the object. Ignoring protests by Clyde and Carlotta, Gary reached out and took the mysterious object. As he did, he exchanged some words with the trio. <laughs> as soon as he grabs this thing, the entire uh, room like drops six inches. Like you feel like a sudden, whoa, what the hell? And then the room starts to shake and uh, the roof starts to crack and dust and stuff starts falling down. And um, oh, a, it, door opens, a door opens behind them in the opposite wall from where you guys are at. And uh, Gary and Lenore are both still holding their guns uh, pointed at you guys. And they're, they're backing out. And they said, now, you guys just stay right there. And uh, maybe you'll find your own way out of here. But, you know, it's nothing personal or nothing loose. But, uh, you know, bygones be bygones. And uh, then um, Lenora looks at Clyde and she's like, did you really think that someone like me could ever be into someone like you? And then uh, she like reaches, like leans over and kisses uh, Gary on the cheek. Son of a bitch. As if we didn't see that coming. They've only been holding hands every chance they get. And then she raises her gun up and Lenora is lifting her hand up in the air and she shoots at you. Sacrificing herself for Clyde, Julie dove in front of Lenora's shot, taking a fatal blow to the stomach. As Julie clung to the last moments of her life, Carlotta and Luth turned their attention to Lenora and Gary and began pursuing them out of the room. Jules. Clyde. Jules. You're, uh... You're shot. Clyde, I, w- I want you to take this back. And she uh, reaches onto her neck and she pulls off of her neck the, the necklace that you gave her that night and she gives it back to you. And she says, Clyde, I wanted to let you know that even though we weren't together for all those years, I never forgot you. That you were always... A special part of me. Jules, you, you can't die. It's not, it's not going to happen that way. Well, I think it's going to happen. Clyde, promise me something. And she's like getting really like her voice is getting quieter and quieter as, as you're talking to her. <clears throat> so she says, do me a favor, Clyde. Promise me something. Kill her. Avenge me, Clyde. And uh, Julie, Julie puts like her hand on your face and then slowly like droops. Slowly her arms starts like drooping down and she closes her eyes as uh, as her arms kind of like slowly uh, caressing the side of your face. Um, and uh, kind of in the foreground, we see uh, Luth and Carlotta both both pulling out their weapons and and pursuing them um, hotly on their tail. And then we cut back to Clyde, who is now holding a lifeless Julie in his arms uh, with the gem necklace thing uh, clenched in his fist. As Luth and Carlotta began their pursuit of Gary and Lenora, the Ozamon descendants took the opportunity to begin their ambush on the vault's invaders. They're like disappearing through the door right I, now. I chase because I don't really know Jules that well. I chase after Gary. Um, okay, so uh, you guys now are, are you going to try to pursue now? Well, didn't yeah. they close the door? Okay. No, they didn't. Uh. He... Um, so yeah, so you guys go start running towards this door. And um, um, right as soon as you guys get to that other door, uh, behind you, you hear a door open. Um, in that room that you guys were just in and another door um, that you guys hadn't seen before because it was concealed opens up um, in the side of this room and uh, three Ozamons run into this room and you guys are now fleeing uh, through this door Um, and the Ozamon goes they took the device get them and they're chasing behind you guys now Um, and one of them stays behind uh, with Clyde in this room and with the addition of the new party a great chase began through the crumbling Ozamon vault Gary and Lenora took the lead with Carlotta nipping at their heels. And at the rear, Luth and Clyde fought back the advancements of the attacking Ozamon while attempting to dodge the debris falling all around them. And I turn around and I take <clears throat> my two hand axes and I go, I'll never forget you. And I get down on my knees 
And I huck him at the legs of the two Azamans that are chasing after. And um, up above you, you see a large chunk of the stairwell that is broken off as this entire room is is quaking and is now falling down towards your head. So Carlotta, you are now running up the stairwell and you are chasing them. You can hear them above you, but they're like like running opposite of you, um, or not opposite of you, the same pace, but they're a story above you. Okay, so uh, so you start to run and um, a large chunk of the ceiling falls and breaks off a huge chunk of the um, stairwell that's in front of you. So now there's a 15 foot gap um, between uh, stair steps. Um, and uh, then you look over to your right and on that path, it is now um, has, you see four or five Azamans that are standing on that other path looking um, at you guys. And uh, two of them have guns and three of them have large ropes that they're holding on to. All right. So I'm like, God damn it, Gary. I'm like, I'm just like pissed off now. That kid. Uh, go. Okay. I'm just running up the stairs. <laughs> That's more story to us running you up the stairs. You already did your Neosporin story. Just go. <laughs> I run up the stairs with a seven. Uh, and one guy has now started to swing over the chasm towards you. Cool he's timing it so that he's going to hit you. You guys can't even get out of this freaking staircase. Well, yeah, Carlotta keeps throwing shit at Stair you. This is yeah, exactly. This ben is forgot to tell us, but this is called the death staircase. Yeah. So. <laughs> but it eventually became too much for Clyde, who, for the third time in several days, ended up unconscious on the field of battle. This time, it wasn't a glowing ball that came to the rescue. Okay, Clyde, you are now, uh, you've now gotten to the top of this staircase and you've run about 20 feet into this room chasing after Carlotta and them. Uh, when you see this guy swinging out towards you like a pendulum or like a wrecking ball and he's going to collide with you, what do you do? I shoot the rope. You shoot the rope? I shoot the rope. <laughs> okay, this is going to be a very difficult shot because it's moving and it's a rope and you have a... <laughs> yeah, but this is... You could just shoot the guy, but instead you shoot the rope. <laughs> um, so you uh, so you just barely miss out on this thing and this guy's going to come collide into you. Come um, on. As he hits you and then you hit into the wall, you take eight points of damage as you smash into this wall and uh, fall unconscious wait. Um, on this pathway. Fuck. Um, I did roll unconscious. Luke, Clyde, I mean, Luth, you're up. Um, so you've reached Clyde. So I'm Clyde running. Is, Clyde is unconscious. And I see him on the floor. I think he tripped. And they go, Clyde, let's go. And I grab his arm and realize he's limp. Yeah, he, like All right, so I take um, the EpiPen and I jab it into his. You've now stabilized him. And, and Luth, you throw, car, you throw Clyde over your body. I mean, did, is he alive? Is he? No, right? he's just stable. Maybe you can talk just for fun. Luth, are there two of you right now, Luth? <laughs> Wait. Luth, you got a pooch. Luth, Luth. I'm loving your pooch. It's just, dude, at this point, I'm just like, I cut my pants into jean shorts and it's just like flopping around. Luth, is that what you want to hear, Clyde? Luth, I, I think, I think is that two? I, do I see two of something, Luth? Yeah, my balls. Uh, <laughs> is that is that what you were asking? Did your head like drip down between? Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. yeah. He's, like carrying me with, like like he's, on my knee. Clyde is covered in ooze as well, too. He's covered in all this pink goo. Yeah, dude. Just like my chuck is like hitting him in the face. <laughs> Gary, in an unsurprising twist betrayed Lenora for his own survival. Yeah. Or you can shoot them. I'm going to catch Lenora. Okay. Um, roll a strength. Hells yeah. I got a six. So uh, you run up next to her. You guys are standing next to each other and you bump into her, but she sees you just a hair before you run into her. And so she kind of prepares her body and leans into you a little bit. So you guys kind of bounce off of each other and she yells for Gary. She says, Gary, Gary. Uh, Gary continues to run. He does not give a shit. Carlotta, a large column is starting to fall towards you guys. It's falling in your path. It's going to split in between. Uh, Lenora and Gary um, and you. So it'll be like kind of be dividing you Sweet. Guys. I'm going to push Lenora into the path of the falling oh, column. Strength. <laughs> 22. Uh, so you push her and she she yells out one more time for, for Gary. Gary! And then he like turns just to see it about to happen. And he goes, sorry, babe. Nothing personal. Like a bug. As Carlotta closed in on Gary, so did the Ozamons. But before Carlotta could reach her final vengeance, 
The crumbling architecture had other plans. And now it's back to Carlotta. Carlotta, you come into this new room and there's a stairwell that's going down into this big, huge room. You can see a beam of light that's shining into this room. Um, it's clearly like the exit to this whole this whole vault. You <laughs> land on the other side of this column, Carlotta. You land on the other side of this this column and you see the uh you see flanking coming from the right and the left side like basically an entire army of Azamons that are now conver- converging towards you guys you and gary as this roof is now starting to fall like pretty dramatically now like the whole world is shaking around you guys the entire left side of the room collapses all at once just and squishes the Azamons. uh just the one half of them and the other half have now caught up in front of gary and are now um in front of gary or Four or five of them are now in front of Gary, between Gary and the, and the exit point. And there's another four that are trying to get in between you two. Um, and you look ahead of you, and uh, uh, Gary has now got his guns out and is shooting uh, these guys that are around him. He's taking out a few of them, um, but they are starting to shoot at him. And then you see another three or four columns that collapse um, and send debris scattering around. And it's like, as soon as these columns hit the ground, they're starting to like shatter apart and break off huge chunks of rock that are shooting and launching everywhere. Carlotta, you see, you see in front of you now, you see in front of you now that, um, that those couple of, uh, columns fell down. They took out some of the guys that were around. Um, and Gary is now, he is now, they've gotten the better of him and they are now, um, about to kill him in front of you. And they're going to kill Gary. It looks that way. Taking away my satisfaction of killing him myself. Okay. Um, And then another big section of the roof, uh, falls off and breaks down and it's falling down to the ground and it crushes onto the ground. Six points of damage as this as a I'm big chunk of it you comes really? yeah. and you hits 30. you in no, the chest. God, so basically, like everything, you let go and you like take this and you smash him in the face. I knew I should have done And then, right as soon as you then. stand up, you see this thing hit the ground and a big chunk of of, of rock comes and hits you in the chest. Um, and you are laying on the ground just long enough to see that another big chunk of of this uh, thing comes flying out and it hits Gary and decapitates him. Ah! Pops his entire head off and his body kind of slops over. Gary is down. Carlotta is down, and the vault could fall apart at any moment. But it was just then when the true hero, Luth, caught up to the rest of the action. Luth. <gasps> Try a 16. So you easily jump over it. You see, as soon as you get to the other side, you see Carlotta laying on the ground. So I slide. So I got I got um, Clyde on my left shoulder, and I scoop up Carlotta and toss her on my right shoulder. Okay. There's two guys that are standing in front of you now that are standing around Gary's body, which is decapitated. Uh, and he's like kind of like slumped over because he was on his knees like a, like they were going to assassinate him kind of. Yeah. Um, and so he's just like, his body is still there on, on his knees. So if he swings at you after he comes back with his, with his swing, uh, you raise up uh, Brad Pitt and you chop him in like the like neck meat. Uh, so now you are standing there with um, Gary's body. Luth, you pick up Clyde and Carlotta. Carlotta, you wake up, but you have no strength. So that the, you, by the way. you have you have two talking heads basically on your shoulders <laughs> that can talk to you and tell you what to do. Um, and the entire room is now collapsing. So um, basically, from the back to the front, going towards that door is, is collapsing. Like um, get out of here! I'm just running. As you as you start moving forward, you're you're passing over Gary's body, and Carlotta sees Gary's body standing there or sitting there. Uh, you guys standing. With standing that. Yeah. You see, um, kind of attached to his hip is that book, the the Osborn <clears throat> book that you guys had stolen, and clenched in his hand, still tightly in his hand, is that object sitting in his hands we gotta we gotta destroy this stuff get the book and the and the object okay hang on all right just triangle get the pepsi can let me just position you all right hang on and you pick them back up and you start running towards the door well i feel like i should Um, say something to gary like you can you never work it at head (laughs) (laughs) and then you put on your sunglasses (laughs) (laughs) but just as luth was about to break free through the vault exit the floor gave out landing him in a collapsing room with no other option and the walls closing in on him, Luth looked to the strange Osmanian device that they had been told held some sort of great value. 
as you're walking, as you're, as you're trying to like struggle run towards this doorway, you're now 10 feet away from the doorway when you step on a pressure plate and the entire floor, floor beneath you collapses and you, you, the three of you fall into a pit that's 20 feet down. Uh, so you, you fall into this room and, and you are silhouetted in this, in this glow of this, uh, of this torch and up on the wall, the entire uh, room that you guys are in are covered in those symbols that you've seen all over this vault. Oops. Basically, as soon as you say that, the uh, the walls start moving in towards you. Oh, ships. Um, and I start feeling around on the walls, like trying to hit hit buttons and stuff. You're not, and... You're, nothing's happening. So now you're, you're like, it's oh, a shit. 30 by 30 foot room right now. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And do I have the book? I have the book too, right? The book is attached to your hip. Like you kind of like, or you, you threw it into a rucksack. <laughs> like reading through it like, okay. 20 by 20. Oh, shit. What do I do here? What do I do here? Uh, what do you say? Intelligence? 10 by 10. 12, 12, 12, 12. 12. So you scroll through this thing and you, you you just happen to get to one page. You open the page up and you you see the device that you're holding in your other hand. This, look, this looks right. It's this a triangular like device. device that's made. It's pretty much made out of gold and silver metal. Okay. In the very center, there's a, a small circular piece. Uh, and um, all, right. all along, there's like three prongs, kind of like a Mercedes-Benz logo, right. you would see. And on the end of each is like a smaller little circle that's filled with some sort of like glittering sand. Um, and in the very center is the same thing. You It's a, a big circular piece with uh, glittering sand on the on the page that you're looking at now, eight by eight, you can see that the person in is a drawing and they're holding it between their thumb and their middle finger. Um, and then now you're at a five by five. As like, oh God, start what crush, is this thing? Crush what do I do you. with it? Out of anger, I go, shit. And like, I hit it. And you spin and that spin thing. spin it. And you spin that thing. And then suddenly the entire room around you is filled with this sparkling dust as it's circling around you like a cyclone. The, the room around you is now collapsed in on you, like where you are now in among the walls, but you have merged with the walls. You are able to stay awake, and um, you see all around you is a white room. You're, it's like perfectly white all around you. Standing in front of you is a woman holding a book, and she's wearing a yellow sundress, and she has long yellow hair. Um, and she just is kind of staring at you quizzically. Um, and you can see at your feet are Clyde and Carlotta. They're still, they're still there with you. Um, as you look down at Carlotta on your left side, you see a gigantic orange ball, and then you go unconscious. And then you slowly start to wake up, all three of you, and as you begin to regain consciousness, you realize that all three of you are kind of like laying in a heap on top of this big uh, massive sand dune, uh, and the sun is like beating down on you pretty hard in the sky as you start kind of like gaining your bearings and looking around, and uh, not far off in the distance, you look out and you see a pretty crazy sight. You see the construction of the Great Pyramids of Giza. Now you're all caught up. An innocent day in the bazaar has led to all of this. Once stuck at the bottom of an ancient civilization's lost vault, with the walls and ceiling falling down around them, and suddenly transported thousands of miles away. Join us as our adventure continues, with Luth, Carlotta, and Clyde questing for answers in Ghost Mouse Gamers Presents Ancient. Ancient.